guys and welcome to the next episode of In The Wings. In this episode I'll be talking to Andy Heath about how he got into theatre, uh, what he's learnt from his time in theatre, how it's helped to shape him to the lovely person that he is today um, and all that jazz. We'll be doing a usual roundup of theatre, what's on around the UK for the month of December. Panto season is in full swing, pre-warning. And finally, we'll be talking about our favourite musicals. I said this wasn't going to turn into a musical theatre podcast, but now I'm kind of going back on that. Sorry. So, to kick things off... Hi, Andy. Hello. (laughs) Um, So, we've been trying to get you in for a a little while. Just a little while. Uh, (laughs) But life. Life gets in the way. Life keeps happening. So, I guess the first thing I I ask everybody... um, on, on the show is just how did you first get into theatre? Gosh, I was three. Three? <laughs> I was three. Um, I, th- I, I couldn't tell. I'd have to ask my parents this. I've never asked them. <laughs> why. Your earliest memory of that? Yeah, my early, I think it was about three. And I remember dressing up in my mum's jeans and my dad's top. And I think they took me to like a drama group and I was dressed as Dopey. Oh my gosh. From Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that's all I can remember. But then ever since that, I've that's all I can remember doing. Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit strange. Yeah, and then between then and I think the age of six is a massive gap. I couldn't tell you what I did, theatre-wise. Fair but enough. But then I think I started disco dancing at the age of six. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. And then that led into theatre? Yeah. Okay. So how did how did the disco dancing thing like lead into theatre? I think then? somebody... In the company, after I did competitions, they were like, you should come join the panto, come Mm. and audition for this panto. So I did, and I got into the chorus. And yeah, every year I started the panto. Sweet. So what panto did you start on? It was Wrexham and District Pantomime Company's, I think, Jack of the Beanstalk. Mm -hmm. And I was in the chorus, and then I just kept gradually building up every year to, and then I think I did my first speaking role as David in Babes in the Wood. And that's when I got hooked. Sweet. Yeah. So I know I know the memories are, are vague. So maybe go to like the first performance you can remember being in. Okay. And just tell us like a little bit about like what that was and how that was. I think it was that the first time I stepped on stage to speak lines when it was mm-hmm. David in Jack and... No, not Jack and I've been stuck. <laughs> when I was David in Babes in the Wood and Robin Hood. And it just felt... I was so nervous, but as soon as I stepped out on that stage and saw the the auditorium and everybody in there, it was the, just the best feeling in the world. It really was. And then all the nerves went away. And it, it's kind of like a drug. So it, you just you just want more. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, I think that's a good way of describing it. Because the, the first time, maybe not the very first time I was on stage because I was mm-hmm. too young and I was terrified. Um, but the first time I was on stage with the drama group I ended up staying in for nine years, like, that that to me was, like, the start of that. Yeah. And then after that, it was just, you just want to be just on stage all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's a good feeling. I think that's more so as well when you have, like, your first speaking role. Too. Yeah. Because my first role with that group, I, it was a speaking role. It wasn't a very big one. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept wanting to do it again but so i could get that bigger speaking part yeah which i did eventually get yeah and i think i nailed it yeah of course you did <laughs> well my grandpa didn't realize i'd been on stage until like <laughs> halfway through <laughs> brilliant it was our town 
Oh, I love Our Town. Beautiful show. Yeah. Um, but I was playing one of the two mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this this American accent that I'm not going to repeat because it's probably offensive. Yeah, you um, <laughs> um, But yeah, I had... Uh, and I, I looked older because they obviously aged me up for that show. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad told me, like, in the interval, my grandpa turned to him and was just like, when, when's Laura coming on? Oh, bless granddad. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, he's she's, she's been she's, on the entire time. Like, she's literally been on stage the entire show. Oscar-worthy performance then, yeah? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Blink and you miss you. Exactly. How old were you when you did Our Town? Oh, Pretty uh, heavy. Yeah. Um, that was towards the end of when I was there, so I would have been, like, 16, Ah, okay, that's 17. okay. I thought you were going to say, like, 10. No, no, no. It was like <laughs> shortly before I left to go to uni. Sure. Um, so I would have been like 16, maybe. It was still heavy, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Pretty heavy for a 16-year-old. I always say like people people learn a lot of like life lessons from theatre and like I've been a pretty strong, um, strongly worded person whenever uh, schools make the argument that they have to get rid of drama because yeah. it's not beneficial. Don't um, get me started. I go off the, the handle a little yeah. bit with that one. Um, so to kind of prove a point, I always end up asking people, like, what do you think theatre has done for you in terms of building you into the person that you are? So I, I, I'd never say I was a timid person because I'm <laughs> sure my parents would disagree with that. But um, in school, oh, I, I could never be myself in front of people. Mm. A bit like your brother, really. Mm. A kind of... um, It helped me express myself the way I couldn't in front of friends because I I got bullied a lot in school. Mm. Because, naturally, I did dancing and it was different to what boys were doing at the time, playing football and stuff. So that was my... That was my release, if you you will. The the points that I always say, I I feel like theatre helped... I mean, you already said you were, like, a pretty confident person, but confidence is one for me, because mm-hmm. if if you'd have met me when I was, like, 12, 13, I couldn't talk to people. Yeah. Not properly. Like, I'd, I'd just sort of hover in the background and be like, you know, everyone else can handle this, and I'll just, like, join in when someone else introduces me. Yeah. <laughs> and I get that. <clears throat> so that was, that was my kind of thing. And then also, um, it... it I don't think I would have come out as gay as early as I did without drama's influence. That's exactly, yeah, that's the nail on the head. Yeah. I think it helped me come out to my parents Mm -hmm. because I've always been so dramatic. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a a good one. It's helped me. It it helped me find myself and be comfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. that I wasn't being judged. And also, I feel like uh, there's a lot of particularly musical theatre that sort of has those underlying messages of yeah. like, you know, it's chill, calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's gonna be okay. It's all good. Yeah. Don't worry. Oh, the next one should be a little bit easier, I think. Okay. Um, so you've mentioned a, co- a couple of like the earlier shows you were in already, um, but like, what's been your most favourite show that you've been in, or your most favourite role that you've had? 
Okay, so my most favourite role had to be, it was last year. Okay. Where it was on my, we've all got one, we've got a list of characters, roles that we'd love to play. Well, mm-hmm. I do. It was two, actually. I've got two from last year. Go for both. Okay, so my, <laughs> I got to play the role of Cosmo, Cosmo Brown in Singing in the Rain. Okay. Amazing part. <laughs> Absolutely amazing part. And also, I got to play Angel in Rent professionally. Yes. That was a dream. Yeah. It really was a dream. That's awesome. Where did that play? It was, so we were in an old paper mill. So it was the oldest paper mill in the UK in Frogmore. Okay. In Apsley. And it was the first promenade version of Rent. Whoa. So it was immersive. So the, the audience moved around with us. Yeah. There was three different rooms. It was on three different levels. Yeah, That's it, awesome. it, yeah, it was beautiful. That sounds so cool. It was. Yeah. I think it's really funny that you mentioned about like um, actors having like a list of mm-hmm. dream roles a and tick stuff. List. I definitely feel that. Apart from the sad thing with mine is most of them are male. That's not. That's that's a so, good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. Always pushing yourself. Just never gonna get round yeah. to that. Yeah, break them boundaries. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of mine are female. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and then finally. Uh, the uh, another thing I always ask people, um, what's the stuff that you're currently working on? Basically, so, plug your plug your shit. Ah, plug <laughs> shit. Okay, next for me is Panto. So in Chester, I'm of doing course. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the Forum Theatre in Chester. Yes. And I'm playing the role of Nurse Kitty Litter. It's the first time I'm doing the Dame professionally. So I'm ab- awesome. Apprehensive but excited. Ah, you'll do fine. Yeah, put another dress on or oh, five. <laughs> No, I've seen you do pantos before. You'll be fine. Thank you. You'll you'll do that role justice. Thanks. I am sure. It's a hoot. It's a good laugh. And <laughs> a lot of the team I know already. It's my fifth year doing it professionally with Tip Top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a great bunch. I can't yeah. wait. So thank you for um, talking to me. Oh, thank you. And we're going to be moving on to the theatre roundup for the UK for December. Christmas is well on its way, so you can expect a lot of panto magic, as well as a certain Christmassy theme to this one. Let's get stuck in. As always, we're going to start with Manchester, because that is where I am podcasting out of. So first up, we are hitting up the palace in Manchester. First up, we have the Secret Policeman's Tour, which is a comedy showcase, boasts an electrifying night of comedy, music and discussion. And it's comedy for human rights, so it's actually run by Amnesty International. Then you have Anything for Love, the meatloaf story, coming back round again. This was really popular the first time it came to Manchester, so let's see if it's this popular again this time. That is on the 4th of December. After that, not a show, but I have to mention it anyway, just because I love them. We have actually the queens from rupaul's drag race uk season one first ever season to ever exist in the uk um all the queens will be attacking the palace theater on the 7th of december so worth coming and showing your support for those amazing amazing talented queens and finally to round up on the 10th of december running right through to the 4th of january next year we have the bodyguard an incredible incredible musical i know this one is still very very popular and we have alexandra burke in the role of rachel marin so definitely worth coming there will be some amazing vocals guaranteed 
then over very, very briefly to the opera house. We don't have much apart from an amazing pantomime, of course, rounding up 2019 with a bang. From the 6th of December all the way through until the 29th of December, we have Snow White with such stars as Craig Revel Hallwood, Ben Nicholas and Eric Potts. It's going to be a pretty amazing show. The pantomimes in Manchester are always incredible, so definitely worth bringing the little ones along and having a tremendous night out full of laughs, songs and so much enjoyment. I grew up watching pantos every single year and I'm sure this year will be no exception for me. So definitely worth checking out and having a good old Christmassy riot. Finally, at the Lowry in Manchester, it's interesting. So you have Peter Pan Goes Wrong from the wonderful guys at Misty Theatre. They clearly state on the poster this is not a pantomime. I love everything these guys do. Um, so that's running at the Lowry between the 3rd and 7th of December. Really quick run, so you've got to catch it fast. And then directly after that, from the 3rd of December until the 5th of January, you have one that I have been... Oh my gosh, I have been singing the soundtrack to this for I don't know how long. Six will be gracing Manchester with their presence. If you haven't heard the soundtrack for this, go check it out. It is incredible. This will also have signed performances as well, so everyone can come along and enjoy this. And honestly, it's not traditional panto, but it is a great Christmas bop session. And also running from the 10th of December until the 5th of January is How the Grinch Stole Christmas the Musical, which I am intrigued by. I didn't know this existed and I am very tempted to go see it. So I might go see it and provide a review in January of that one. We'll see. Moving on over to London, we've got uh, quite a few pantomimes popping up, of course. So in the Southwark Playhouse, from the 10th of December, we have Potted Panto. Uh, this is going to be seven classic pantomimes in 80 minutes, which should be pretty interesting. It sounds like a really, really good time. Sounds like a lot of laughs. Definitely another one to bring the kids along to and just have a good classic family panto day out. Over to the London Palladium, there's Goldilocks and the Three Bears happening there. Another awesome panto extraordinaire adventure. That's starting from the 11th of December, um, so definitely worth getting on down to go catch that. You've got Peter Pan Goes Wrong from the a wonderful, wonderful people at Mischief Theatre. My absolutely, I just, I love those guys so much. Everything that comes out of their minds is just fantastic. Um, that's opening on the 13th of December at Alexandra Palace. And right at the end, of December on the 29th of December you have an absolute classic coming to the Royal Albert Hall we have the Nutcracker the amazing amazing ballet um, definitely worth catching that one it is a hundred percent a quintessential Christmas Christmas experience for everyone um, so well worth going to catch that one so anyway I know this has been a really really quick update on the whole theatre scene um, but to be quite honest with you, anyway you look, it's panto season. So get out there, search your local theatres, find an awesome panto to go to, and just have a jolly old Christmassy time with the family. So joining me back for the last section is Andy. Um, we're going to be just having a chill chat about our favourite musicals and why we love them. Mm-hmm. And Because I, I feel like everybody has a list of musical yeah musicals that they love it's longer than uh, than me yeah 
I have a musical theatre playlist on my Spotify that I may or may not listen to every day on the way to work. I have one too. It's an unhealthy obsession. <laughs> it's very unhealthy of me. Um, so, I think maybe we should do like a top five. Ooh, this each. is so hard. This mm-hmm. question is so hard. Yep. <laughs> top five. When they were trying to get me to do it in, in the office, thanks guys. Um, I was just like, I don't know if I can pick a top five. No. Like it's... You, I can you, pick a top 50. Um, um, no. I definitely know what's at the top because it's been at the top for God knows how long. Because mm-hmm. I see it, saw it recently and I told you about oh, it. Yeah, Avenue, Avenue Q. Q. That's a good it's my one. absolute favourite. It's a good show. No, I I absolutely adore that that musical. Good Mainly pick. because of just how real it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Very real. Um, and I just find it really amusing when people try and bring their children to it thinking it's a, yeah. a kid's puppet well, show and I'm like, no, yeah. no. There, were, there was some young kids in the audience when I first saw it. Like, holy, <laughs> holy God, don't do this to a child. Yeah. You're going to break them. If there's any parents listening, please do not take your children to see Avenue Q. There's do an not. age restriction on it for a reason. Mm-hmm. When there's puppets having... <laughs> Fun, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't you, you don't want to show that to your kids. No. Yeah, Sesame Street will never be the same again. No. It was literally on the scene before that one, and I, I lent to my friend because he'd never seen it before. He listened to the soundtrack all the way through, mm-hmm. but he'd never seen it before. Right. Um. I literally just leant over. And I was like, "I'm so sorry." He's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> <laughs> and then the next scene started. He was like, "Oh." oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, that's my number one, hundred percent. Yeah, I think my number one. It's got to be Book of Mormon. Yes. I just adore that show. Same vein as Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. It's so offensive, so funny, mm-hmm. but everything that's in that script is true. Yeah. It's all true beliefs. Yeah. But it's so clever. I know. I, I remember um, seeing, because I think when it first came out, there was quite a bit of press about, like, should this be running? Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing, like, in a f- quite a few news reports, they'd got comments from mormons yeah. who had been to see it and yeah. been like this is hilarious yeah, like, like why why are you mad yeah. <laughs> like, like stop being mad true. for us yeah, like. exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no that's a really good choice actually yeah i love the soundtrack for that one so good <laughs> okay go on your, ch- your turn oh god relatively recent one uh but one that i fell in love with and actually ended up um cosplaying one of the characters to a convention not too long ago uh was be more chill yes good choice i ended up cosplaying squid yeah just because i i love that villain he's such a good villain um and it was such a clever way about talking about mental health but not really yeah um (laughs) yes like that last song voices in my head killed me Mm mm-hmm because of the fact and i i made this point to a friend of mine and they didn't pick up on it until i mentioned it but um the fact that squips kind of meant to represent like depression anxiety type mental health stuff going on in his head because he's basically telling him you're not good enough yeah right and then voices in my head he comes back in that song and i was like i'm so happy they didn't just like end spoiler Mm -hmm. alert i'm so happy (laughs) they didn't just end be more chill with like you know everything's fine now like they have the song at the end where they are kind of doing that and then he sort of creeps back into the song but they sing over the top of him so it's like it's never gonna go away no but it'll get better and i was like i'm gonna listen to that as soon as i get back now (laughs) yep that's never popped into my mind but Uh it will now 
That's why I absolutely adored the fact they kept him like creeping back in in that last song mm-hmm. and they just drowned him out instead. Which so, it's yeah. just, I was like, thank you for not making out like, you know, this shit just goes away because mm-hmm. it doesn't. But yeah, that's that's a big reason as to why that one's on there. And also the soundtrack's just bomb in it general. Is. It's brilliant. The Squip song yeah. is... I mean, I find myself <clears throat> humming Michael in the bathroom. Yes! All the time. <laughs> All the time. I mean, George Salazar did, did mm-hmm. a flipping sterling job of that. incredible. My number two choice is very camp. Go for but it. But I just love it. Priscilla. Yes. Absolutely adore Priscilla. And we got to do it last year, Tip Top Productions. Yeah. Priscilla. And it was a dream to do. It's just a crazy show. Yeah. With so much meaning and so much heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of mine are more recent. Mine are. Mm. A lot contemporary. So I was going to say Beetlejuice, my favorite. Oh, good choice. <laughs> that soundtrack. Again, the soundtrack is bomb. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Literally obsessed with Dead Mom. Yeah, Dead Mom. Say my name. Yeah. And Series. the whole being dead the thing. The whole being dead thing. There we go. That one and the reprise. Yeah, it's so good. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, number three. What am I going to go with? It's got to be Rent. Got Classic. Got to be Rent. Yeah. Classic. Cliche, I know, for every musical theatre. There is theater. not a I single rent. musical theatre person that doesn't know Seasons of Love. No. Or if they haven't sang it about 10,000 times in community theatre. That is the, the oh, rite God. of passage. Literally, if you don't know all the words <laughs> to that or have a tattoo on your body, then you're not in musical theatre. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, before, I loved Rent before doing the show professionally. Mm-hmm. But now, having done it and seen it from a different angle, it's so beautiful mm. and still so relevant mm-hmm. today, if not even more so. Yes, yeah, it's beautiful. I think I'm going to say one more because this is this has actually gone on for a little bit longer than I thought. Okay. Um, and my final choice is Hamilton. Oh, good choice. I'm still waiting to see it. Yep, same. <laughs> I'm desperate to see it, but that's just clever as well. Yep. It's great. Yeah, I adore it and I, t- I totally didn't sit there for an unspecified amount of days trying to learn guns and ships. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I I, got I it. wasn't hooked straight away. Right, okay. With Hamilton, like it's not my, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. But um, the more you hear it, mm. you, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's poetry. It basically, it, it's, it's amazing. I feel like my favorite song off of Hamilton is probably one that not many people pick come on wait for it i love wait for it and the room where it happens yes i love that song his voice is just yeah oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah wait for it is is incredible and i could listen to that one over and over again Me too. quite easily so good <laughs> and then your final choice oh my god you're gonna make it a good one i'm gonna just literally sift oh we're getting like references this. up yeah <laughs> Okay, I'm obsessed with Mean Girls at the moment. Yes, there we go. I'm glad you said yes to that. Obsessed with Mean Girls. <laughs> I was always going to love it, but I love it. It's so good. That's a good final choice. Yeah, I'll go with that. Fab. <laughs> Don't judge. Sneaky last minute mention, Heathers. Mainly because that is... it's coming. Yes. Coming to the UK, finally. On tour. Uh, well, yeah, it's been on the West End. Yeah. But I can't get to London because I have no money. No, I'm not... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a poor actor. 
<laughs> so um, thank God it's coming to Manchester. So I will be seeing uh, that, yeah. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to try and not be the annoying one that's sat in the audience. Singing all the way through. S- Mm, mm. Under my breath, <laughs> <laughs> or mouthing the words like I did for Avenue Q because I controlled myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at that. Mm-hmm. Mouthing the words is me controlling myself. Or I tend to nudge people that I've never seen the show and go, "Oh, watch this! Oh, this is brilliant! Oh, oh I'm not quite that bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm really bad. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> Literally all the way through um, Fantasies Come True for Avenue Q, yeah. I was just mouthing the words because i was like this is my favorite song i, must I don't like, care what anybody says i must look like a goon when i'm watching the show because i'm literally like oh yeah like fe- feeling all the feelings oh no i do that. i'm such a mess as well if i cry uh-huh. i'm like i'm like that ugly crier at the back. <laughs> literally bottom lip is go- bottom lip is going oh yeah <laughs> such a state that's fine i think we all are <laughs> <laughs> so um that's been kind of uh uh strange episode of, of in the wings but another one nonetheless thank you very much for for coming on the episode and talking to me and thank doing you for this. letting me come here um it's been good fun yeah. and any excuse to talk about musical theater really always <laughs> and hopefully um there will be a new episode on the 1st of february i'm skipping a month for january mainly because christmas is a busy period and mm-hmm. i don't have enough time and I'm pretty sure if I tried to get a guest together over December, they'd all be like, are you kidding? <laughs> so January will not be happening. Next episode will be in February and we'll be starting off 2020 with a bang, hopefully. So yeah, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next year. So I wanted to add a special little note to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so, so much for supporting the podcast and listening, especially if you got this far through the episode. Thank you. There will be more content coming in 2020. I will be starting the podcast back up again in February, um, just because I don't think it's going to be possible to get any good guests together um, over the period of December. Everyone wants to be at home with their families, spending Christmas with them, and that's totally fine. So there will be a new episode on the 1st of February, providing all things go right. And I'm just really happy that you guys are liking the podcast and supporting it in the little ways that you do. So I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And hopefully you will have an amazing start to 2020. And I'll see you all in the new year.